Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah! Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Ty Kersley. This show is all about accountability. Finally, today, Sarah Konishnik from Newtown Action Alliance joins the show to discuss her work to make Connecticut's Ethan's Law federal, which would require that a gun, loaded or unloaded, be properly stored so that individuals under the age of 18 cannot access the firearm. We'll discuss the importance of the recent settlement with Remington and the Sandy Hook families of $73 million and California Governor Newsom's proposed law to allow private individuals to sue people who make, sell, or distribute weapons banned in the state. Also, listeners can receive a copy of Parkland, Birth of a Movement by best-selling author Dave Cullen for a $60 donation to support WBAI or becoming a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. So go to give to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950. But first, Sean Stefanik with this week's In Memoriam. In remembrance of Christy Spakutza, 38 years old, February 10th, 2022, Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Spakutza was a mother of four working as an Uber driver in western Pennsylvania, and she went missing, but has now been confirmed shot dead. Spakutza's family had reported her missing on February 11th, when she did not return home after taking several Uber fares the night before. Her fiancé reportedly told police that he had bought her a dash camera for her work, though investigators noticed that it was not among the items found in her car. Once it was found... The footage revealed that Spakutza had pleaded with the shooter to spare her after he pulled a gun on her, police say. Christy Spakutza's terrifying last moments recorded on the dash cam were, I'm begging you, I have four kids, she pleaded to the man who has now been arrested and charged in her fatal shooting. In wake of her shocking homicide, Spakutza is being mourned and remembered. She would never be away from the kids for more than a couple of hours, or at work, she definitely would not be in touch for 12 hours. She was a good mom, family friend Dominic Lafredo told reporters. Christy Spakutza is remembered by her friends and family as a tender-hearted woman dedicated to her family. She loved her children above everything else. She also enjoyed art, crafting, and her Bible study. Anyone who knew Christy knew her smile could light up everyone in the room that she was in. No matter what was going on in her life, Christy was always smiling, always positive, and always loving, her obituary wrote. Investigators are crediting the relentless work of detectives, Uber's cooperation, and tips from the community for the quick arrest in the shooting death of Christy Spakutza. We remember you, and we honor you, Christy Spakutza. Well, Sarah, uh, welcome back to Radio Gag. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Um, This show is about accountability. And I would say in the last um, couple of weeks, we've had some great uh, examples of that. I wanted to talk about the Remington Sandy Hook family settlement, uh, what that actually means. And then the law that Governor Newsom is proposing um, for another level of accountability and then your work, obviously, with Ethan's Law, which we've brought up on the show 
California has come up with a proposal for a new law about suing, uh, being able to sue uh, weapons manufacturers. And I wanted to know what your take on that was for, for this point in time. So I think the timing of Governor Newsom's um, initiative or um, idea or bill, I'm not sure, but I think the timing of his announcement is very interesting because, um, you know, I know similar uh, bills have been introduced in state legislatures and they were really, I think, didn't have a lot of teeth in them though, because, you know, first of all, it's happening at the state level rather than, um, you know, in the state assembly, rather than having a governor do it, especially a governor of a major state like California, but then also to have him make that announcement. And then shortly after to have the $73 million settlement in the case um, that the Sandy Hook families brought against Remington. Um, <clears throat> I hope what it means is that Governor Newsom's plans are more likely to come to fruition because now we have a precedent in the legal system that now it's suddenly should be a whole lot easier for, for survivors of gun violence to sue firearms manufacturers. Now that doesn't mean it's easy, right? It's never going to be easy because of PLACA, uh, the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. And until that law is uh, repealed, it will never be easy for survivors um, and victims to sue um, the manufacturers of the firearms that, that hurt or, or killed their loved ones. Um, <clears throat> but it should be, there's a path now. Yeah, because of the, the Sandy Hook settlement. And so I would hope that the rep, uh, Governor Newsom's um, bill is now scarier than ever, right, to um, <laughs> those that have a lot to lose from continuing to market these weapons of war. And that was the case uh, with Sandy Hook, that it was basically marketing. And just like with tobacco, we had to go after their advertising and, and, and so forth. What are other... Right. What are other possible ways? And I've heard in Santa Fe, they're looking at ensuring uh, that you have to have, an, it, it's new, but uh, just that, that I want to talk about the idea of getting insurance for gun owners. What is, mm -hmm. what is that possibility? I think um, it is an area that those of us in the gun violence prevention movement should start paying a lot more attention to, um, not just the ability, um, the need to hold people legally or firearms manufacturers legally accountable um, for misuse of their products, but also we need to start working the, the insurance angle and thinking of insurance companies as our partners in this work, because uh, anybody that's studied any social justice movements, it, it, you need both the cultural change and the policy change, and you need to, to make, um, misconduct or sort of disregard or irresponsibility, um, you need to make people pay a price for that that hits them in the wallet, right? Or in the, the balance sheet when they, they look at their profits and losses. Like if you can't um, make it hurt financially, um, it's, it's just, we're never gonna achieve and reducing their dramatically reducing or ending gun violence. You, you have to sort of attack the problem in three ways, right? Make it hurt in the pocketbook, of both gun owners who are irresponsible, only gun owners who are irresponsible, uh, and firearms manufacturers. And then you have to make change at the legislative policy level. And then you also have to make cultural, work for cultural change, change expectations about what is and is not acceptable when it comes to the ownership and use of firearms. <music>
You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun Show, here on listener-sponsored commercial-free radio, WBAI 99.5. We are here every Tuesday at 2.30, bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news. Next, Sarah Knishnik talks about the process of getting co-sponsors for Ethan's Law with a weekly luncheon lobby. And then your work, obviously, with Ethan's Law, which we've brought up on the show uh, many times, and we've been uh, today lobbying to call for the, what do we have, 11 holdouts? Is that the number? We have, yes, there are 15 Democratic members of the House of Representatives who have not yet co-sponsored Ethan's Law. Uh, we need 11 more co-sponsors. So our hope is to convince uh, 11 of them to sign on. Um, we believe, uh, we feel confident uh, that if that happens, the bill will pass. We know we have several representatives in the House who are willing to vote for it, but not necessarily co-sponsored. So so we know it will pass. Um, actually, we believe it would pass if it were called for a vote today. We, we know there are folks that support it that have not co-sponsored. Um, yeah, we're also lobbying um, a few uh, Republican representatives, we would certainly love to see this bill be bipartisan. Wasn't there, didn't uh, someone say they would only support it if, if you had some Republican support? Yeah, this has been such an interesting experience. There are several of these Democratic holdouts who said, yes, uh, we'll, we'll be happy to, to co-sponsor if you get a Republican to co-sponsor. And then sometimes when we talk to Republican representatives and ask for their support, they say, well, we're not going to consider co-sponsoring until all of the Democrats sign on. So that's sort of the nature of our work. <laughs> it's not the most mature response, I don't think, especially when it not. comes to this. Um, we've talked about Ethan's Law a lot, and one of the things is it was basically based on accountability, uh, the fact that um, Ethan was killed by a teenager, um, but the weapon was owned and unsecured by an adult, the parent, um, and had no charges. Uh, so no when charges that, at all. Mm-hmm. So when uh, this did pass in Connecticut, um, how much work, you know, has had to have gone forward from Connecticut to now getting it uh, to where we can possibly see it as a, a federal law? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, well, I will want, after it passed in Connecticut, I know that uh, Kristen and Mike Song, who headed up that campaign, they are Ethan's parents, um, were able to get the bill passed in several other states as well. You, you and your listeners may be aware that it passed in Connecticut with overwhelming Republican support. Uh, the same was true in Maine, which is a major pro-gun state. Uh, again, it had um, overwhelming bipartisan uh, support in that state as well. Uh, I know they've worked to pass it in a couple of others, and, and efforts are underway to get similar laws passed in other states that don't yet have them. But Newtown Action Alliance came into the fight in a really big way uh, about a year ago. And uh, so my role with Newtown Action Alliance is to run nationwide virtual lobbying events. And each week we pull together grassroots activists from small, medium, or large gun violence prevention, faith, or advocacy groups. And we ask them to call in to um, the House or Senate and ask for uh, legislators to support um, the the gun bills that we're focused on in a given week. Uh, And so, For most of the last 12 months, um, Ethan's Law is one of the bills that we've been calling on. 
Um, and we've just, it's been full time and around the clock now, seven days a week, uh, really since Oxford. Um, but Newtown Action Alliance, certainly Kristen and Mike Song and all of our volunteers have been um, working hard to, to push Ethan's Law across the finish line in the house. Uh, that would be great. What, mm-hmm. You are mentioning a trip to DC soon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so tomorrow, 10 uh, survivors who have had long relationships with the Newtown Action Alliance and um, are going with the chair of Newtown Action Alliance, Poe Murray, and me. Uh, we're, so the 12 of us are going to lobby Congress in person uh, tomorrow, and we will be there um, in the Capitol lobbying all day tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. And we have meetings set up with um, about 15 to 20 representatives at this point. Um, most of them are Republicans. And we're, um, we've been told by the House Judiciary Committee if we can get one Republican representative to sign on to this bill, then it will pass. And we are throwing everything we've got at it. Um, we know it is, it is a heavy lift, especially in an election year, uh, but we're determined to give it all we've got. Can we say who, who, who specifically we're looking for? I mean, I, we're yes, gag. We'll, yes. we'll shame, blame anyone. So <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm very happy to read off to you the um, 15 Democratic representatives who have not yet co-sponsored the bill. The first um, representative we could use help with is Representative Sherry Bustos in Illinois. Uh, representative Schreier, uh, she's actually a pediatrician, which we find a little frustrating um, because the you would hope that pediatricians would would certainly want to see um, requirements that people lock up their firearms and keep kids safe. Uh, the other holdouts in uh, in the Democratic caucus include Representative Schrader, O'Halloran, Kind, Hoyer, Horsford. I'm sorry, not Horsford. Horsford did sign on. Oh. Uh, Gonzalez, Golden, Fernandez, DeFazio, Cuellar, Bush. Bishop and Stanton. And Representative Greg Stanton uh, is quite puzzling as well. Um, He has told our legislative team that he will not co-sponsor this bill. He's, I'd like to reiterate, a Democrat, but he's also a member of the Gun Violence Prevention Task Force. So we're continuing to try to meet with him and his staff and continuing to talk with them. But um, unfortunately, they're, you know, not, not showing much willingness to move. Um, and then finally, I'll just mention a few Republican representatives. There's Republican Adam Kinzinger, uh, who's also not running for re-election. He is uh, a Republican out of downstate Illinois. Uh, and we were hopeful that he might be interested in um, co-sponsoring because he was one of the few Republican uh, members of the House to vote in favor of the impeachment of former President Trump in the wake of the January 6th invasion of the Capitol. And he also routinely bucks his party. However, he's now refused to meet with us twice. Um, We'll keep at it. (laughs) We're driving calls into his office and and hoping he might change his mind. Uh, We also are calling on Representative Meyer, a Republican from uh, Michigan, who I believe is also not running for re-election. Um, and he is the owner of the Meyer supermarket chains, which um, decided to stop selling firearms. So we were hopeful that he would be willing to talk to us. But again, so far, he has declined. 
And finally, there's uh, Republican Representative Brian Fitzgerald out of Pennsylvania, who uh, we know um, hasn't been endorsed by some major gun violence prevention organizations, including Moms Demand Action. Um, and he is generally seen as a moderate and he has had a very high profile case in his district of a child who shot and killed, um, I believe it was his sibling with an unsecured firearm. And uh, he also has so far refused to meet with us. So um, we are continuing to try and, but the main thing is we need uh, phone calls going into those offices of democratic holdouts that I mentioned and all Republicans, right? All Republican members of the house. All right. It, it's, it sounds like um, such a simple ask. Uh, yeah. I, I imagine how draining it is. What is a, a way for others to get involved with, with helping? So I think I mentioned earlier, I run nationwide virtual lobbying events with Congress every Monday. Um, they uh, happen from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern time, and we bring together activists from all over the country to call uh, members of Congress and ask for their support. Uh, we are doing that every Monday until Ethan's law is passed, both the House and the Senate. And I invite everyone to join us. Um, it's a two hour event every week, but no one ever needs to join for the entire two hours. You can just pop in whenever you're available. Uh, and I realize not everyone can take time out of the middle of the day on a Monday um, in order to participate. So I encourage anybody in that situation to go ahead and register and then, you know, just hit a hit a reply when you receive the, the invitation, hit a, hit a reply to me and say, you know, I can't join, but I'd like to make calls. In that case, I will respond with uh, whatever you need. I will share the information so that you can make calls on your own. I'm certainly happy to make a, a separate one-on-one -on -one, um, virtual meeting with you, and I will walk you through how to make the calls. Uh, so in other words, I don't want people to think if they are not available for two hours on a Monday, they can't participate. I, I and the rest of the Newtown Action Alliance team will do whatever it takes to make it possible for you to participate. Not just possible, but also easy for you to participate. So I invite everyone listening to help us make calls every week. It's really making a difference. Um, I mentioned earlier that we're meeting in person in the Capitol this week with uh, 15 possibly as many as 20 representatives, that wouldn't be possible without the phone calls that activists make during the lunch and lobby events each week. Uh, so it, feel it great then. really works. It really yeah. does feel great. And, and I love listening do it without you. And I loved listening to some of the conversations of other people uh, do that. Um, well, actually, Ty, I'd love to tell you a quick um, takeaway that I've had from these calls. Of course. It's normally interns who are answering the phones when we call these legislators, and they tend to be quite young. And one thing that I've noticed is even the interns in the offices of the Republicans, they will often say things to me like, I'm really so glad that you're making these calls. I'm so happy that you and your volunteers are advocating for this bill. I really wish that I could convince my um, boss to, to sign on, you know? And, and I think it's important not to lose sight of the fact that anyone sort of, you know, of, of the millennial generation or younger, you know, they've lived their whole lives with the threat of gun violence. Um, and, it's really heartening to make these calls and talk to these young people and the legislator staffs because 
they're so grateful most of the time, right? That, that we're trying to change the situation. So it, it really, it's a way to feel like you're making, not just feel like you're making a difference, but know you're making a difference. And I always come away from the luncheon lobbies feeling better, um, feeling empowered. Yeah, I invite everyone to join us. That's great. How, is there a deadline on when we have to have um, this sponsored by? Well, um, there's, as usual, not a straightforward answer to that question. Um, if it has, Ethan's law being passed out of both the House and the Senate, it has to happen before this fall, before the November election. If it doesn't and Democrats lose a majority in either the House or the Senate, then we're done. Like there, there's, it's over. Like it's not going to pass. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, that deadline is out there for, for passing it out of both houses. Uh, there's a slightly different answer to your question in the sense that, um, of course, the prerequisite is getting a pass out of the House. And we were told about three weeks ago by the leadership of the House Judiciary Committee that we had 30 days to get a Republican co-sponsor. Uh, and that's why we're giving it our all right now, why we're going to uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, to lobby in person. And more than half of those people we're going to meet with are Republicans. Um, <clears throat> the truth is the leadership in Congress believes that we can't do it, that we can't get a Republican co-sponsor. We really fervently hope that they're wrong, um, but it is an election year and it is a year when um, a lot of Republicans are facing primary challenges from Trump supporters and Trump, as you may or may not know, <clears throat> got a lot of support from the NRA. Uh, so it is a very, very heavy lift and we acknowledge that. Uh, but like I said, we're gonna give it our all uh, but that deadline to get a Republican co-sponsor, <clears throat> we've got about 12 days left. Um, now, if we don't get a Republican co-sponsor, that does not mean it won't pass the House by any means, right? Um, but really, I mean, if we were to get a Republican co-sponsor, it would change everything. And not just for Ethan, it would change everything instantly. And not just for Ethan's law, but for gun violence movement in general, because nobody believes it can be done. Right. Wow. And that more than anything, I believe, is what we're fighting against. The expectation that because it's been 30 years since anything became law at the federal level that will reduce gun violence, people believe it simply can't be done. We know that it can. We are so close. All we need is one Republican representative to decide to step up and be a leader. And frankly, this bill should be a really easy bill to lead on for any Republican because it's not about limiting anyone's access to guns. It has nothing to do with taking guns away. It has nothing to do with the second amendment. It simply means if you have a gun and a child under the age of 18 is in your home, you have to lock it up. That's all it means. And I have never in six years of talking to gun owners in, through my advocacy, I've never met a single one who disagrees with me that we ought to keep firearms locked up and away from kids. So the fact that they, Republicans who refuse to co-sponsor this bill, or frankly, Democratic representatives as well, they can't lay the, the blame at the feet of gun owners because gun owners agree with us, right? Gun owners want to see safe storage of firearms. So um, frankly, 
they're just, they're choosing not to lead. And, and it's a shame because all we need is one person to decide, one Republican in the entire House of Representatives to agree to step up and lead on our issue and it will change everything. All right. Well, it'll be 11 days when you're in DC yes. that you need that. So uh, we're <laughs> yeah. all behind you and thank you. I want to spread the word of this as, as much as I can. So thank you for coming on again thank and you. we'll get an update then next week on how it went. So I look okay. forward to that. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Have a great day. Appreciate it. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstgunsny on Facebook and Instagram or gag no guns on Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website to learn more about our meetings and actions. Here in New York, we meet one Thursday a month at 7 p.m. on Zoom. And in Manhattan, we meet in person at the LGBT Center on 13th Street. Remember, all are welcome to come to gag meetings. Gag will be marching in St. Pat's for All, Sunday, March 6th at 1 p.m. in Queens, New York. Also, listeners, your monthly contribution of $5 to $25 can really help keep Radio Gag on the air at WBAI. Keep the issue of gun violence in front of the public and our elected officials. Just go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Also, you could receive a copy of Parkland, Birth of a Movement by best-selling author Dave Cullen for a $60 donation to support WBAI or becoming a BI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thanks for listening, and we are back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. And special thanks to Sarah Konishnik. If you'd like more information on the weekly lunch and lobby, go to newtownactionalliance.org slash endgunviolence dash lunch dash lobby dash days. Thank you so much for listening and have a great and safe day. <laughs>